Hello and welcome to episode 148 of the Good Good Golf Podcast. Rod Murray barely recovered from one major, but already stumbling into the next as the best women players in the world take centre stage this week on one of America's finest courses. The KPMG Women's PGA has become one of the best tournaments in the world each year, in part because since 2014, the LPGA and PGA of America have joined forces to elevate the stature of the tournament in every way, including the courses where it's played. This week sees the event at Baltusrol Golf Club in New Jersey, where nine men's majors and two women's majors have been played, the course boasting among its Grand Slam winners two of the best to ever play the game, Mickey Wright and Jack Nicholas. That's some pretty good pedigree, so joining me to discuss what we might expect this week is the game's foremost, foremost path expert, and as it turns out, golf handicap slash leaderboard system legend and celebrity, Adrian Logue. No press releases about right. you this week, Logue. What's happened? You yesterday's news? Fish wrapper today? Yeah, must be. I don't know. Or, but I'm all hopped up on cupcakes at the moment, <laughs> <Yes>. ready to <laughs> ready to discuss. And for those who were wondering, Logue started complaining about the walk to this studio. Now. Oh, so am I going to have to move again? Is that terrible. what's happened? It's, it's, it's an emerging problem. Yeah. There is yeah, a construction the walk, zone next door. and It's, it's made rapidly things. becoming one of the worst walks in golf. It'll all be over soon. You, of course, ironically, moved into a flat in the the dreaded war zone that used to be Correct. a walk to the other studio, which is now delightful. Yeah, I'm sort of hoisted on my own petard. <laughs> you are on your yeah. own petard. <laughs> Rightfully so. Also here, Golf Australia Magazine Deputy and Digital Editor Jimmy Emanuel. Jimmy, barely time to draw breath for you between two really significant events. Absolutely. Barely any time at all. As soon as it was final story posted on Monday, it was into previewing the next one. <laughs> great. In, in the same way that the Australian Open starts taking down the scaffolding on Monday morning, ready to set up the next year's Australian Open 12 months down it's, the track. It's, it's it green really keepers does. following you in, picking out the pins out of the hole and changing the holes for the next day. Yeah, it is. Uh, how's the vibe for this one, do you reckon, Jimmy? You'd have your head in all of the golf news across all of the sites. I've been doing some other stuff this week, so I haven't been so much into the golf. What's the vibe and what's the... The, the uh, chatter about uh, it's interesting with the really great golf courses when women's majors go there. I think it obviously heightens a bit of excitement and watchability for fans who get right into it. The players don't seem to buy into it as much. They all talk about they really like the look of it, but they're they just probably, golf courses. For they're players, just golf they? courses, but yeah. I think the LPGA Tour is doing a better job than most tours of going to good golf courses more often. So they don't, it does, it's not as big a stand out of a week. You don't just like, you don't play Baltus roll every week, but they're playing better golf courses more often. So it's less of a anomaly, I suppose. Um, but in terms of the vibe, I mean, it's hard. Scheduling's impossible in professional golf, but it's hard to follow a US Open that had so much attention to then drag that attention. I think Women's Especially when the PGA Tour puts up a designated event. Correct. Mm-hmm. Your Correct. Um, and, I mean, Europe, the BMW International Open is one of their bigger sort of yeah. events too. So, um, But I think also it's – women's majors maybe slightly don't stand out as much in the schedule because so many of the top players play together so often. Yeah, week out, yeah. It's less of a less of a major sort of a field boost, I think, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of events they play together. <laughs> Beyond the five majors, so and they play on some good courses in the regular. Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah, that's well. the point. Yeah, and it's yeah, interesting yeah. how the uh, the the venue for the KPMG is always a talking point, but it's seemingly always a minor talking point mm. in the player interviews. They go, "Oh yeah, it's always good that we're playing." They take this to really great golf courses. It's it's not it's never the story of the week, is it? I think it becomes the story of the week once the golf starts. Yeah. 
Whereas LACC was the story of the week before the golf started. With the women's events, when they go out and actually play the golf courses closer to the way they're intended and people get a better look at what the golf course should look like, that's when it really sparks up and the players sort of come in for the ride as well. Um, but, yeah, you, you don't get as many um, as many of those sort of com- conversation points around how good is this and all that sort of stuff, which is a bit of a shame, to be honest, yeah. too, because Baltus Rolls had its own renovation that deserves attention and it's a good one. In a way, it, I think it's good because we it doesn't set expectations too high. Like we get into the week, and if we find that Bolter's role is like too heavily roughed or something like mm. that, and it just doesn't produce great golf, it's like, well, you know, okay, it, you know, at least we had a good major tournament. Yeah, we saw a bit of that last week with yeah. LACC, but the people who didn't like it. It had been talked up so much, so it was always going to be a disappointment to them, I suppose, or people who don't understand maybe the the nuances of it. But it really should be a bigger talking point. I mean, if you look back at this event before it became part of the PGA of America and KPMG and whatever, it was held at Locust Hill Country Club for a number of years. Okay. Never Bull Rock crook- Golf Course. Cat. It's a reciprocal of Crooked Cat, <laughs> I think. Yeah. 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 DuPont Country Club. Yeah. Bethesda Country Club and the Jack Nicholas Sports Centre. Were you going to correct Jimmy on his pronunciation there? Which the? Um, actually, I'm not going to try it. Dupont? Is that what you're on about? No. <laughs> what? Bethesda. <laughs> I had a bit of cupcake in my teeth. <laughs> um, does it matter, Logue? We had this debate at Belle Reeve at the PGA a couple of years ago. You know, fan- just a scintillating finish with Brooks Kepka, Adam Scott, Tiger Woods. You know, pushed each other right to the end as one of the great finishes in a golf tournament. On a golf course that where you have an interest in course architecture, the snobs of the golf world would suggest was not a particularly good golf course, but the golf was exciting. So it doesn't matter what role does the course really play in these big events. Yeah, well, of course you can have a good finish on any golf course. It's, uh, it, it's just, I think, good golf courses or the great golf courses – and of course, great's an overused term, but the great golf courses tend to separate players a little bit better. Um, like we saw, you still get great winners at, at average golf courses, John Rahm winning at Torrey Pines, but he did have to emerge from a pretty big pack there. Um, and But it was a good finish. It's, it's hard to argue that that's not a good finish, him having to hold a couple of long putts on the last couple of holes there. Mm. Uh, and... But, you know, I, I think where you get these duels, they, those happen on the great courses uh, where it's two players battling it out on the, the last nine holes. They've separated themselves from the field. And it just enhances the theatre of the whole thing, I think. When Will the golf be more interesting this week, Jimmy, because the golf course is of better quality than some we see in professional golf? Yes. And why? Why is that the case? You're going to see a lot of different shots that a typical tournament course that – isn't a, as architecturally as good, don't require a lot more thinking and a lot more creativity, particularly with longer clubs into greens and stuff. I mean, the way Baltus Roll is set up, there is quite a few like run ups to the green, so there'll be chances to hit. There'll be chances to hit different shots and different shots around the green, and a more testing examination of the player's skills than hit it down the fairway, hit a high approach iron shot. If you miss it, chunk it out of the rough and let it release to the hole. Um, and I think. Like Logue says, uh, I th- this is the kind of golf course where it'll really the best players in the world, the best, most talented, but also those playing the best golf that week will really have a significant advantage. Whereas if you're slightly off your game at a place like this, it's going to make you look 
pretty foolish. We saw that at LA Country Club last week too, didn't we? Mm -hmm. Those who weren't playing well were really punished for not playing well. Correct. There were diabolical places to miss where you just couldn't recover. That's right. And and the class players all found a way in the end Mm. to get near there, near near the lead. They all hit their fair share of poor shots and had the crazy bounces and all the rest of it, but they still got to the top of the leaderboard. That's right. You got the sense at LA Country Club if the if the tournament was over six or eight rounds, it, those you know the top five players would have really separated so, themselves. They, somebody once described it to me as kind of like a hand of poker. In any single hand of poker, some chump who knows nothing about the game can beat the world champion. Mm-hmm. On any given golf hole, some ten mark yeah. could have a par to a tour pros bogey. But over eighteen holes and then thirty six, the more holes you play, the more chance that the the better player comes up. And I think the the other point is that. These these events, the KPMG Women's PGA, they seem to get the course set up balance quite right because it, it's often penal golf courses, but they're not set up impossibly. So you're winning scores anywhere from double digits under par to five under par, depending on where it is and how the week plays out. So you earn your scores. You earn your scores. I mean, last year, Inji Chun won at Congressional, which was one of the better majors of the entire year across all That's nine played to watch. Golf course was fantastic. The level of play was magnificent. She shot, I think it was 64 the first day or something similar. The conditions were awful. It was rainy. It was cold. She played out of her mind good. Over the weekend, she played quite poorly but really ground out two scores in the 70s to win the tournament from Minji Lee and Lexi Lexi Thompson who were coming fast. And Lexi, again, probably – under the examination of major pressure and better golf courses, came undone, which she has a habit of doing, which is she doesn't have a full skill set with certain shots, and it shows up at majors. Happened at the US Open that... Um, shows up in the last nine holes of majors. Yeah, yeah God, that's I right. I hope she's in contention again. Yeah, like it was it's such good viewing. Olympic was awful. <laughs> Olympic, that was, it was what I was thinking. It was just And that is, as much as it's hard to watch, it's also thrilling to watch. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think that's what these golf courses do. Of course, um, for, for poor old Lexi, like we've talked about with Scheffler and his putting, you start to get into the O'Malley zone where it's, you know, you're talked into being a bad putter. Well, of course, it's all anybody talks about with Lexi now, particularly after Olympic, and it happened again last year at Congressional, as you said. So there was a shot round the green, I think it was the 16th mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. She opted for the putter, hit it 25 feet past the line. That was the end of her tournament right there. So she carries that baggage with her. Um, for a player of extraordinary talent, her record's not as good as it should be in some of these bigger events, I would suggest. Yeah, it'll it'll it, make a victory, and surely she'll have a victory in one of these again yeah, at she, some point. Yeah. It'll make that all the more sweeter too. It's one. Of, it's that thing of you get so relentlessly talked about in a certain area that you believe it as much as it may not be true. Adam Scott, I think, is the prime example as a putter. He's actually a very serviceable putter and at times is one of the better putters on the PGA Tour. But the expectation and the analysis is he can't putt. Yeah, he misses his share of short ones, which is – that's the scary one. That's the O'Malley one. But he hits the ball better than most, so he has more parts. You know, same with Scheffler, but Scheffler is having a genuine problem getting it in the hole. Um, But he's a guy who never changed putter style or anything like that, was just, I do what I do and I get it in the hole – and he's gotten so into it, and it's been mentioned so many times, been asked about it so many times. Obviously, the questions creep in, and last week he goes and starts experimenting with putters and still can't find it. You know, it's a it's a very similar thing for Lexi, I think, with a more difficult one. I think chipping and pitching is a harder one to, to te- solve. It's a technique putting. thing. Correct. Though, you you yeah, saw some of those ones at Olympic were just... It's this, the same things that make her golf swing so good and unique make her chipping so poor. And that's... 
an impossible thing to to try and coach out of someone a natural a natural sort of uh, element that makes you very good at one part of the game quite often makes you yeah, poor at another. It's the game of opposites. Um, and <laughs> it's always the it's why Rory's a, not a very good wedge player as well. You know, the, the way he loads the club in the backs on the downswing is not actually good for controlling wedge distances and, and that sort of stuff. And that's got to be very, very difficult for someone who's been so good for so long. Yeah. Maybe she just needs to be more athletic over her chips. Be athletic? Yeah. Like Wyndham Clark? Like Wyndham Clark. What? His caddy said to him, be athletic. Be an athlete. Oh, be, okay. Yeah. A lot that of would. weird self-talk in that win. I'll appreciate if you could remind me of that. I will remind you of that chips. constantly. Next time. Yeah. So you don't blade one into the stairs. Yeah. Good luck with that one. <laughs> <laughs> you don't just create an athlete overnight like that, mm. I'm going to uh, tell you. You've raised something, Jimmy, that I wanted to uh, – I was going to bring up a bit later, but you wrote a really interesting column yesterday about Inji Chun feeling the pressure, and she talked about having had depression and medicated and whatnot. We forget, don't we, these people are performing in a fishbowl the likes of which we've never seen before in any field, entertainment, sport, the rest of it. Tiger Woods got a taste of it. I read a really interesting piece some years ago that Tiger and Venus Williams were kind of the last of the TV sports stars. Television was the big thing. Yep. We've morphed into a world where television's not, it's, you're not just famous on television. Social media has changed everything. Talk a bit about that. And, and, and Lexi is a good example, I think. You're right. She'd be hearing a lot more chatter about those things now than had she been playing the game 30 years ago and had exactly the same set of circumstances and issues. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you hear of players quite often saying, I don't read stuff, I don't look at stuff, but it, it's impossible to ignore it completely. Who hasn't Googled their own name? Yeah, Come on. People either see stuff- You can if, go blind doing that. <laughs> if you have, it depends what you find. <laughs> if you have social media of any sort, you're going to see some of it. Uh, not unlike us. I mean, you or I writes a column. Logie might do that one day. And <laughs> write a column. <laughs> Softball movie pitches. Yeah. Anyway. And, but you write ah, something yeah. and then instantly there is feedback. And it, you look at it. And some of it is kind. Some of it is unkind. And sometimes there's more depth to it. But players would see that through their own social media, the ones who do interact mm-hmm. with that. But even to the point of someone in their circle of friends or, you know, team, whatever they want to call it, reads it. Of course they do. Mm. And says something, even if it's an innocent thing. And it, yeah. it, it worms in there and it's, it's hard. I mean, Lexi, I notice, quite often has these self-imposed Instagram mm. bans and will post something and say, oh, my management will still be posting. And then it's posts of, at a pool at a resort or whatever like that. It's like she clearly is one who does engage, read, and look after it herself. And the stuff you see from that side of things is really, I would say, very hard to sort of separate yourself from as reality versus you know, what it is. It's just someone's opinion there. Um, but the intense pressure and scrutiny, I think Inji Chun's an interesting one. That was a Golf Channel video where she talked about it. And it's really interesting because coming from Korea where women's golf is so big and so important, I think she's had an experience of what the players in America and Australia and stuff will experience moving forward because it is such an intense pressure and attention on her. Um, and it's how could it not get to you that, you know, she decided, I think it was 15 years old, that she wanted to be a professional golfer because the parents had to close down their restaurant. And that's all she ever thought about. She didn't know anything about what would come with it. And she's now hounded it everywhere she goes about questions, photos, whatever, whatever. And it's nonstop. And every other person in the world who has social media uses social media to switch off from their real life. Uh-huh. Good point. Professional athletes can't do that. 
you know, Max Homer's a great example. Max Homer on Twitter is one of the greatest follows. He's engaging. He's funny. He's really giving. It's something that is so rare now because yeah, it's difficult to do. It's difficult to do, and it's so rare. But then, of course, he just cops nonstop criticism from certain corners as well, and that has to have an effect on you. And I think that was the kind of purpose of the column yesterday. I, I mentioned Phil last year mm-hmm. with, you know, years and years of it, and it wore him down. It's worn Rory down multiple times. Yanni Seng said when she was world number one, I don't like playing golf because of everything. And um, that's a concern, and it's partially how people treat them as athletes, but it's also just the pressure that comes with it. Like these kids, as Jimmy says, you grow up – so kid grows up watching Tiger Woods, the superstar. I want to be Tiger Woods. I've heard Rory say, I've seen Tiger Woods' life. I don't want it. Yeah. He does. He can't answer the question of whether he, he wants all the majors, but he doesn't want everything that comes with it. From the outside, it can look so easy, can't it? Yeah, I'm reminded of uh, something I think is, a, is just general career advice, which is be careful of what you get good at mm. because you might not like it being – like that being your life and, and – uh, you know, that's. I think that applies. That should be something professional golfers consider, like as as part of getting into that. But it's um, it's also you know a pretty it's yeah, a pretty good life. Like it, yeah, oh, there's, there's definitely if they, if there's they can, some sides, obviously. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's hard to come up with that much sympathy for. Oh, really? <laughs> I did. No, no, there's <laughs> immense upsides. At some point, they're inviting sure fame into their life. I did yeah, read a when great you're um, performing at that level. As there was a great thing. Years ago, I think it was at Tory Pines, they used to have the, the local boys and girls club had a raffle. There was only a 1,000 tickets sold, and the prize was a spot in the Pro-Am with Tiger. So this was one of the great, you know, the tickets were only about 150 or 200 bucks, I think it was. And I interviewed the guy who won it one year, and I said, what was it, you know, afterwards, and he said, what was it like? As you'd imagine, all the usual questions. And, and he said, at one point, he said to Tiger, because there was just cameras everywhere and people watching, he said, how do you do it? And Tiger looked at him and said, eh, the money helps. <laughs> It's like, well, yeah, it's what the money's yeah, kind for. Of. Yeah, yeah. Kind that's, of. that's why you get it. But yeah, I mean, the Rory Tiger one that I always, I remember hearing this, that Rory early days of coming up to being one of the better players in the world. And he went to Tiger at a tournament and said, oh, we're going to go have dinner at this restaurant tonight and come along. Tiger said, no, I can't. He says, oh, you got something, you got planned something. No, no, I, I can't. just can't. <laughs> and Rory says, it took me a while to twig what he meant, that he physically could not go mm-hmm. to that restaurant unplanned, undone, everything like that, because that's not how his life worked. No. And that's like, that's crazy to think, you know, Tiger was kind of prepared for it by Earl's whole life, but it, it morphed as he went through it as to what his life became. But that idea of you're just a kid who's good at golf to Logue's point and just being like, I love this game. I'm going to play this the rest of my life. And you get freakishly good and you move into this realm and then suddenly you, know, you go to buy into a burger and someone takes a photo of you. Yeah. Mm. Like that's, that's something no one is equipped to deal with out of, you know, out of just when they come out of the box. But to then learn how to deal with that, there's not many people who can tell you how that And works. not everyone's cut out for it. Not everyone coming. Tiger's done an amazing job of sealing himself off, obviously, mm. and he's very much done that. We don't yeah. get a lot from him, but his performances have been so extraordinary that we kind of forgive that and just, you know, revel in his play. Not everyone's been able to do that. Norman's one that comes on who actually really embraced and reveled in that. Like, mm. kind of missed it when he stopped playing. I think part of what's driven him with the whole live thing is the publicity and the attention, mm. craving it. Well, in some ways, going back to Tiger, he's sort of managed his career in an amazing sort of fashion. Where apart, you know, apart from the scandals, which 
uh, something a little bit darker has emerged from what he had going behind the the facade there. But uh, he's now allowed himself to al- let people in a little bit on his terms. Yeah. yeah. And I think Norman was probably masterful at letting people in on his terms right from the start. Even when you know he was giving interviews, it was always it actually used to be a great interview when yeah. they get him up in the in the commentary box after a round or something, and he'd just start commenting on things. He, he was more than willing to talk, very Mickelson-like. Always, say, think, he always say something that would give you a headline for the next. Yeah, time. yeah that's right. <laughs> sure, I think that's these ones that we see as being good in inverted commas at it. Uh, often have something else behind them in terms of Tiger. We talk about the scandals revealed a bit of darker stuff and, and the history with Earl and, you know, Kultilda and stuff. I don't – it's it's untidy. Let's call it that. <laughs> Phil was the one who looked like he embraced it and thought it was the best thing in the world. But that guy's got some real troubles in terms of how that, that facade is. You know, when I interviewed him at, at, at Adelaide for Live – you know, Adam Pangillian are trying to get him all week and he was not doing media and then they finally said, we'll do it in front of everyone so it's not just these two guys on you, which is a defence mechanism from a tour. He sat in the score return for 20 minutes looking at scores, practising his golf swing. Doing anything, doing anything but. <laughs> and I said to Pengus, oh, he's just trying to avoid us. And then someone asked him, what were you doing in there? He said, I'm getting myself ready to come and talk to you. Yeah, he's known for that. Yeah, like hiding in the scores. Oh, not hiding. He's not Pre- hiding. Prepping. He's prepping himself. Yeah, he, he often does it like he before he's got to go and give autographs and yeah. stuff like that. If he's got to walk a walk a it's, line it's, or something, giving autographs, he's, he's known for sort of psyching himself up for it. Yeah, it's and to it, his credit. Like you know, he gives the fans what they want. The thumbs that, up and everything. It's that football putting their headphones on with really loud music on for the last ten minutes and not talking to anyone because I've got to put this game face on. Um, and I think it's interesting that. Inji Chan I found interesting this week into this as defending champion. It's relevant, of course, and the video just came out. Women's players, apart from a very select few, have had to deal with this level of fame. Michelle Wee is obviously the one that comes to mind. But if you think of... Lexi to an extent. Lexi to an extent. But if you think of Kari and Annika, who were the best players in the world in women's golf for such a sustained period of time, they have a lot of pulls on them for time and everything like that. But... Their level of fame, I mean, it's 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 changing now. Even Kari gets more social media interaction that, you know, isn't pleasant. She's been on this podcast. Yeah, that's right. Tiger hasn't. But we're about to see potentially the biggest one, and that is Rojang. Rojang. This is going to be my next question. We're yeah. about to see this start to unfold again, aren't we? Oh, I'd, I'd say so much more than we have because she's been quite protected in it all very well for as a young athlete. But she's about to step out into a big world where she's going to be an absolute superstar, it looks like. And how you deal with that and you can't prepare for it, but how you face that and, and not let it affect you negatively, um, which is, I think, the NG Chun story of mm. anxiety and stuff that... Look, S- the Song Hoon, Song Hoon Park as well. I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was, it was yeah. Complete mystery, I think. What a player. Happened to her. Yeah, incredible player. What a player. Massive popularity in Korea. Yeah. Yeah. Huge and I mean, uh, Yo baffling, Shik- baffling how she's just yes, yeah, like disappeared. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yo Ishikawa last week plays the U.S. Open. You know, he was the teen phenom who didn't really go on with it. Like you know, Hideki's done what everyone thought Ishikawa would do. He shows up to play the U.S. Open as a thirty-something-year-old guy who still plays in Japan and wins the odd event, whatever. I saw a photo after a round. He's thronged by a media group. Still in the chair? He used to carry a chair? No, not in the chair. Because <laughs> it would go on for so long. Yeah, he had to sit down. He's sitting there and he's surrounded. 
Um, and you, that's often for the Korean women is the same situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, Credit you, to Jin Young Ko with her resilience yes. in the face of all of that and longevity as well and keeps returning to world number one yeah. and consistently Again, performing. Player. Yeah. Player. Yeah. Extraordinary player. It kind of begs the question, Logan, in some ways the worst thing that could happen to Ro Zhang this week would be to win, would it not? <laughs> or contend? That's a – so because that because <laughs> will be called, please explain because all of <laughs> hot take alert because all of that will amp up will it not to the point where it may become unbearable. Uh, I recall Tiger when he won the Masters in '97. Obviously, it was enormous. At the U.S. Open that year, he shot 75, if I'm not wrong, in the first round mm. and was asked to go to the media tent. He said no, and it was a massive scandal. Now, no other player who shot 75 was asked to go to the media tent, and that was his point. But that win at the Masters had elevated him to this point, where he, which he wasn't used to. I was just, this, this is the, the problem for Ro Zheng. How quickly does that star ascend and can you manage what's going to happen as it goes? In some ways, winning early in a career or winning spectacularly in a career is not always necessarily the best thing for the longevity of a career. That's the point I guess I'm making, for her especially. Yeah, yeah perhaps. I, I think this uh, the KPMG Women's PGA is probably uh, a, not a bad tournament for that purpose. Like, if she was to come out and win this, that's great. She's got a major under her belt straight away. If it was a Women's US Open, that that I think would be a little bit more stuff to deal with for some reason. Like, it's just that bit higher profile that it would really set the golf world alight and set huge expectations. Nothing against the, the KPMG Women's PGA. It's a very fine tournament, but I think it's just enough under the radar and coming this week after the Men's US Open, it's it, it, she could get a win in now and I don't think she'd be... What do you reckon, Jimmy? Can there be a downside to winning or have I got that completely wrong? Yeah, I think so. Winning early is... It, it ramps up the pressure on you massively, but so does the opposite, of course. Again, I think Tiger and Phil are the perfect examples. Tiger well, won as an amateur, didn't he, on the tour? Yeah, but in terms of majors, because that's where we end up with, mm. you know, Tiger wins a major early and it's, here we go, let's watch this, and then everything that comes with it. Phil doesn't win one for so long, so then he has to deal with the questions of, are you ever going to do it? Yeah. And everything is so spotlighted then on that performance that, you know, it, it's you read Alan Chipnuck's book on him, and it's fascinating when he takes the look back at that period and all the events and him gearing himself up, but everyone else gearing themselves up. You know, there's journos being sent just to track that story of can he do it this week? Yeah, Rory at the Masters, Jordan at Correct. PGA. Yeah, it, it becomes this thing, you know, Sneed at the um, US Open. Watson at the PGA, Palmer at the PGA. Yeah, and so I think winning early brings with it a whole set of challenges that so does not winning. Um, but I think... Uh, I think you know the one you'd want to win if you want to have a low key major win is an Evian Championship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hmm. I mean, if the 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 winners list of this tournament since '98 when Sayri Park won is unbelievable. Mm. Like you forget how good this this event is. Run through, you got them there. Yeah. So Inji Chan, Nelly Quarter, Say Young Kim, Hannah Green, Sung Hyun Park, Danielle Kang, Brooke Henderson, Inby Park three times, Shan Shan Feng, Yanni Seng, Christy Kerr, Anna Nordquist, Yanni Seng again, Suzanne Pedersen, and Say Ree Park. Mm, right. Annika Sorenston three times, Say Ree Park again, Kari Webb, Julie Inkster twice, and then Say Ree Park. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that is as good a, on right. a roll in a recent run. That you will see. You'd yeah. go and watch that in a limited field event, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> and then before those, it was, of course, there's was, very good players too. But, but Daniel Kang win 
one of the first when they started taking it to some 17 I think it was Daniel Kang won at Olympia Fields yeah Henderson won at Sahali yeah I remember that oh I can't playoff with Lydia Kang Um, but before that uh, Westchester Monroe and Locust Hill so it was sort of yeah, it was it's through early, that period, yeah. Because I remember that really putting Daniel Kang on the map. Yeah, that well. three which he hit into the 18, yeah. wasn't it? It was like, oh, yeah. this is it's just spectacular. Like and it looked yeah. major. Like that it's, fairway was surrounded by grandstands it's a and funny, massive crowd. And there was a lot at stake on that shot. And huge, pulled it off. Yeah. Huge shot. Yeah. It's, a, it's a funny event because, like you say, it kind of goes under the radar a little bit this week, particularly given it's following the US Open. But given it was the LPGA Championship for so long, I feel like the players put a lot more into it and then it got renamed and so you kind of forget that part about it and then you've got, you know, US Women's Open is huge, that's massive and then A&A, now Chevron had its history and this kind of gets lost a little bit but it probably doesn't with the players, I'm guessing. Hmm. Um, is that a mistake, do you reckon? Yeah. I think I think selling this event, it has to find its unique point in the major landscape. Um, PGA would be a good start, wouldn't it? I, I agree, 100%. Like, I, I understand why it's the Women's PGA Championship, but the LPGA Championship, that name carries with it a lot of sort of something to me. Um, and it means you're not just trying to sibling a men's major championship, yeah. which I think is so often the mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing a good job of not doing that, but doing that in parts with the AIG Women's Open. You know, a men's open is never going to Walton Heath. No. So we're going to get a, a mm. unique golf tournament. Um, and even the ones they played at Woburn were good tournaments, you know, great to watch. So we fall, I think, into this habit of let's just try and match it up. And at times the LPGA has done a good job of not doing that, but this one feels like it kind of follows a little bit. The golf courses are great, but as we talked about at the top, I don't think that garners as much intrigue and interest on a broader scale no. for this event as it would if it was – a men's event, which is reflective of Doesn't, the whole which industry. Which I, I think is a good thing because it leaves room for it to be a surprise Correct. when it is great. Yeah. And uh, I think we saw that uh, with Inverness at the Solheim Cup. Absolutely. Oh, well, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, the first was, picture you saw of that down that first and ten yeah. with all of that shore cross was like, it's oh, like, let's wow. get on with this. Yeah. this is, let's this get on with it. Exactly. Yeah, it was so good. And and Inverness was a surprise as well because it had been yeah. uh, renovated and yeah. we'd, we'd you know, seen it tree-lined and looking kind of like every every single other course. But, uh, yeah, that looked amazing. It really popped on screen. And then the play was superb and uh, really highlighted the features of that course. Of course, the match play element too made that intriguing as well, even more so. All of those elements, all apart from the team match play, are there for this event this week. Bolter's role has been... Uh, renovated or restored to its it's just AW. the Gil Langans major tour this year, isn't it? It really is. <laughs> and last everything. year too. Yeah. The okay, new, yeah. Is beyond open doctor now, he's just major he's doctor. Major doctor. Surgeon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he's yeah. the head of the AMA. Yeah. <laughs> um, so will it be? Will, <laughs> Surgeon General, maybe. That's right. That's right. Oh, Minister like for how health. many? There, is it Surgeons General? The plural? Oh, let's not get into that. Okay. Holes in I'd one. Governors General. General. I think general. it's Governors yeah. General. So it's it Governors General. It would be Surgeons General. <laughs> An Attorney's General. Yeah. 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 I think you're right. Yeah. It should be. Justices of the peace. Sure. <laughs> sure. Is it holes in one or hole in one? Holes in one. It is holes in one. Is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stephen Proctor, if you're listening, you can set us straight on anything that we got wrong there. Will we have? what the week could be, do you reckon, Logue? I think all the ingredients, and part of that being there's not all this hype about it, there's a bit of that, this could really turn into something spectacular, it feels like. Yeah, we've got, like we said, we've got all the ingredients, it's all set up for success, uh, and I think the this incredible crop of 
really fabulous women golfers we've got at the top of the game at the moment are going to put on a show. It'd be extremely surprising if we don't get... Uh, the funny thing as well, especially under major conditions, I think all of these top women players uh, can all exert themselves and show um, what they've got. Uh, Lilia Vu as well mm. in the mix. Like, if, if these ones come on, like, they just keep coming and we're like, wow, we've got another great player. <laughs> like, it's a real democracy, isn't it, at the top of women's yeah, golf? There's, yeah. there's, sort of, there's a few standouts, but there's a few of them. We, we kind of got used to it. Is that a better thing than when Tiger dominated, do you reckon, Jimmy? Always been debate out this, hasn't it? Do you, do you want a rival? Do you want a meritocracy? Do you want a dominant player? I mean, I think a, a dominant player is an extremely exciting thing to watch, and it drags in more people who are fringe or even not even interested whatsoever. Anika and Kari probably did that to an it, extent. Correct. For, yeah, I mean, so I think that's always fascinating, and particularly if it's a dominant player and there is a somewhat hapless rival. And Phil was that guy. You know, Phil was a brilliant player and has had an amazing career. But you had, you were a Tiger fan. Everyone was a Tiger fan, you know, of, of the If you golf. liked golf, then you yeah. couldn't help but like watching Tiger. But then everyone kind of had this deep connection with Phil being more of an everyman. He was more of a rogue style of player and he was trying and just couldn't do it. That, that Kevin Van Valkenburg story he wrote at uh, PGA Week about being a Phil fan. Was that PGA Week? Remember, I didn't read that one. He's we written spoke, some amazingly we, stuff yeah, in the last. We spoke about it a little while ago. He's I think. A and it was, it was so, it was so perfectly capturing what it was like to be a Phil fan in that period. That's a great thing too to have this dominant person, and you've picked your other guy who you want to be the the one to take them down. Now, I love David Duval when he was trying to win a major for the first time. I was obsessed with David Duval as a young guy. And that was cool because he finally got over the line. He only won one, but it was enough. Um, enough but for him too. I think that's kind of the beauty of women's golf currently is much more of a mm. sort of an even playing field. And that's probably been helped by Nellie Corder when she looked like going on that stretch of being a dominant player at the start of last year, having that clot and operation yeah. required time away. She's had another break now. So that's there's been situational stuff that's helped it. Jin Young Ko, the same, was injured at a period. and um, But women... Well, Ataya Tidukun, has same potential. age as Roseanne. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the crazy part. It's <laughs> right? so crazy. Um, you know, but I think that's... Australian the, women's golf has never been stronger. Uh, I, eight true. players this week, mm. and that is... Like and eight players, all with legitimate chances. legitimate chances. I think that's the kind of the beauty of it in women's golf at the moment, as opposed to men's golf. We know men's golf is a cesspool, or has been with this thing going on with Live and PJ Tour and all that. And whatever. It's got nothing to do with golf, has it? Correct. But then, so there's that's the talking points on normal weeks. Then we get to the majors. The majors are so overhyped. We have to have the best U.S. Open we've ever had. We have to have the best course we've ever had. Not just it can be a good U.S. Open. Last week was a good U.S. That's Open. It's a really good U.S. Open. But it's not the best U.S. Open ever, but you can't create that. No. Whereas in women's golf, it's literally about the golf. There's stars that bob up and you get told their story, but they kind of then just keep playing normally and they play on tour and they win every so often and they don't win. And the majors are these kind of sleeper events that, you know, there'd be a lot of people – who were casual golf watchers who won't know much about Bolter's role or that it is even the venue this week. Do they know about the titular <laughs> Bolter's role? No, they won't. Oh, okay. Here's so, your chance. So, but then they get, they'll turn it on and be like, what is this place? And it serves as an entree to the US Women's Open in a couple of weeks, which goes to Pebble Beach for the first time, which will be... Off the charts. That's right. probably the major of the year. 
you know, in terms of a, yeah. a, of a visual watch. US, well, the US Women's Open is, is the biggest of the majors. It's always been the biggest tournament in women's golf. I think the most interesting but, uh, tournament's going to be the I mean, amongst Open. the men as well, in terms of the best one to watch potentially mm. from a blend of course oh, player and everything yeah. like that. Oh. It'd be fascinating with the small targets. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I think I'm still on Walton Heath. Anyway, we'll find out. as we yeah. Put it this way. It, there's no duds, is there? No, no. You decide Pebble Beach is going to be more interesting than Walton Heath or the other way around. doesn't really matter. They're both going to be fascinating. Correct. To watch. Fantastic variety. And and courses being courses of their character. Not like, well, not we, we did see LACC as it was meant to be last week, which was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people wanted it to be like a US Open venue. We'll talk about that another time. Let's but, not infect yeah. the women's game with that no, foolish discussion. But but it, it never is infected with that. Like they never impose mm. a, a US Women's Open style on US Women's Open courses. No, they, and they there's it. been a they few, play the courses as they're presented. There's been a few where they've been toughened up a bit and Olympic, notably. Correct. It was and, a little bit juiced. But yeah. you kind of notice it and you go, oh, that's a bit more like a, a men's US Open. And okay. And it happens for one year and you notice it. And it's interesting to watch it. But then the next year they don't try and recreate it. It's a it's a different challenge. It's the golf course we've got. Okay, what are we going to do with it? Yeah. Um, and I think that's a really enjoyable part of it. I mean, Pinehurst number two stood out so much when the men played it as a, hey, this is completely different when Kaima won and the week later Michelle Wee wins, it didn't stand out as much for the women because they play golf courses the way they're supposed to be played. Yeah. And that's the biggest tick for women's majors I think you can find. In most parts, that's the case. Come on, tell us about the titular Baltus role. You've clearly got your phone there with the info at your fingertips. Uh, no, this is just off the top of my head. I, but, uh, you know, <laughs> we, heard, we heard all of this if you listen to Bal- playing Bal- from Bal- the Baltus role the other day. Was, was a farmer who met an untimely end when he was murdered on this property um, uh, in 1825 by two thieves uh, who thought he'd hidden a small treasure in his little farmhouse on the property. And uh, it was named, named for him. So uh, he met an untimely end and... Uh, this um, uh, this reluctant legacy that he has of uh, of having the course named after him, but I think it's worth commenting what a good name this is. Baltus Roll, absolutely a big, powerful name for a yeah. golf course. Baltus Roll, yes, that was his name. Yeah. Speaking so he of didn't names, die in vain. it's a fantastic yeah, name. It is. Speaking of names, what were you telling us before we came in about rebranding Sydney suburbs? <laughs> That's, I see where you're going with this. Yes. Because, I'm opening the door for you. Uh, Walk through it. <laughs> because Paddington, mm-hmm. a famous inner city suburb in Sydney, is there's talk of renaming it the Paddo Collective or rebranding it the Paddo Collective. Mm. Uh, That'll is, stick. Which is interesting. But yeah. you know what you can find in the Paddo Collective? It's, well, this is the question I was really wondering. What is in Paddington or the Paddington Collective or the Paddo Collective that we might be interested in? You can find the flagship store for Angus and Grace Go Golfing. <laughs> really? You can. Okay. Where you can find amazing golf garments designed in Australia <laughs> by an Australian-owned company. Uh-huh. And you can also occasionally find Logan there sculling <laughs> wedges on a Friday night. But and what, do they use good materials? Though they use good earth cotton. Okay. I think that's what it's called from top of the mud. Okay, but beautiful clothing, men and women. It really is good. Long sleeve. Even uh, I recognise that. It's long sleeve knit polo I wore the other day when I was playing golf, mm-hmm. and in the Sydney winter, ideal. And I looked a million bucks too. Warren Smith couldn't stop taking photos of me. Yeah. That's a that's a tick for Angus and Grace Go Golf. Very much. It was findable on their website and Instagram rather than on myself. Yeah. Or go shopping in person at the Paddo Collective on William Street. William Street, Paddington. I've not been there, but it seems like a funky little suburb. Don't they sell golf clubs as well? And yeah, retro, retro gear golf there clubs and, and Ururi uh, wedges. Wedges. Yeah, it's good. It's a great spot. 
Is he a bit bonkers, Matt? We had him in the studio. He's a bit nuts, isn't he? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Lovely bloke. Yeah, lovely guy. Bonkers <laughs> in a good way. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> the Tips. best kind of crazy. <laughs> Tips. Who's going to win, Jimmy? Uh, great question. I'm trying to think of who I said earlier this week. Don't worry. Go for somebody else because, to be honest with you, picking winners in golf tournaments is like trying to pick a Melbourne Cup winner. It's a fool's errand. That's very true. Well, um, you know, this, this fool's been pretty effective at it this year. Like I said, it's a fool's errand. It even, is a fool's even errand. fools occasionally get lucky. Uh, I mean, I, I, beyond it being in Australia, I think it's really hard to go past Minji Lee, who is really shaping into good form, having started the year pretty slowly. Um, and she's going to have a really big couple of months across this and then defend the US Women's Open as her next start. So I'd say, and she suits Baltus' roll down to the ground. I mean, when she's playing good golf, her iron play is elite, not women's golf elite, golf professional golf elite. Agreed. And I think with it, until we see how the golf course is set up a little bit, but I think she's going to be really right there. Uh, I have a feeling it's going to be a tough week for Ro Zhang, though. I agree, and not because of the golf, because of everything associated yeah, with it. Yeah, I think that it's going to be a really hard can't prepare for that. Yeah, going to New Jersey where she won a couple of weeks ago, it's going to be a lot that comes with it. She had to finish studying for her finals after she won. Did she have to clear out a dorm? Wasn't yeah. that the other thing? She had to clear out a dorm room yeah. before... Uh, but yeah, I, I think Minji's a, a huge chance. Is she one just on that side? Is she one Minji that perhaps some of that external pressure... I mean, the country went nuts last year when she won the US Women's Open, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. She's a naturally kind of shy person. I'm not sure that all of that attention is necessarily comfortable for her. And that no. may explain some of her less than Minji Lee-like performances this year, perhaps. Yeah, there's a, a lot more coming with being Minji Lee. Um, and you're right, I don't think she thrives in that environment, which is you know, I've seen it firsthand at an event and I'm working down the back she'd rather come and chat to you than being up at the front and, and talking to the crowd. Um, and that's an understandable trait of someone who's really good at a solo game. It's a fascinating trait in Minji, given it's the complete opposite to her brother. <laughs> so, so they dished it out. But it, like, Minwoo, you can have all of that, and Minji, you can have none. It's crazy. I mean, Minwoo said to us a couple of weeks ago, you know, I've got to work out a way to take the feeling I get of playing in front of those big crowds at major championships where I just thrive and I love it to regular PGA Tour events where I don't have that many people watching me. I think if you could take the golf courses at major championships and put no one on them watching, Minji would win a lot more of them. Yeah, Minji Min is a shot, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah exactly. A shot, He's yeah. a natural shot, yeah. and and Minji is not. Minji is just super talented. She's the engineer, and and you know she's now won two majors, but she struggled to get over the line to win mm. LPGA events before that, and and struggled to get over the line at majors too. So. Mm. Dozen second place finishes. She had more top tens than. Oh, top ten! It was unbelievable for a time there. Yeah, Um, that's the. I remember one of the early conversations I had that I found fascinating about a player was uh, Jason Scrivener, who's won a New South Wales Open, and that is it. And having a conversation with a couple of people who said, "I don't know that he's comfortable with the idea of winning." Now, I don't know if that's necessarily true for Jason, but I just remember the conversation that. Then talking to a bunch of tour players, ex-tour players, and them saying, some people don't like Mm. winning. They'd rather come second. They'd rather get the check and not have to do the other stuff. I don't think that's the case with Minji, but there's an element of that. of that of you know, got to pursue it in the in those moments where yeah. it's, you've really got to. Well, Annika it. famously uh, struggled with that for a long time when she was, particularly when she was an amateur and a yeah. rising star, and she had a bad stutter. Didn't want to make speeches. Didn't want to make speeches, yeah. and more than once three putted the last hole deliberately to finish second rather yeah. than first. And yeah, it's the old so, Mo Norman stuff of yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. finish in second intentionally because you don't yeah. have to give the speech. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Minji is my pick as well. Um, 
And I, I look at a few different factors there. I think career well, we better We better listen to this. He's a seven-time tipster winner this year, so. <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, career arc-wise, uh, I think she's had that little bit of a dip after some outstanding success last year. And it's 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 all cyclical that sort of form, and you've got to let it come back to you in a sense. But you've got to be ready to you've got to put the work in. And Minji's uh, like a multi-year talent as well. Like she's not an eighteen-month and done type of player. Yeah, she's a decade or so like top top of the superstar. She's elite. She's next level. Yeah. So there's that career arc I think in her favour where she's had uh, like not a break, but she's had. Everyone's form cyclical, and she's on the up. She had her slump. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. Every player has a slump at some point. She's That's had right. A slump, and she's so, shown some green shoots, and she's like you know starting to return to form. Uh, plus, I think a massive motivator for Minji is from a career point of view is that she hasn't been world number one ever. Neither no, Phil. No, but I, it, it seems inevitable. Like she's just such an incredible ball striker, and and that I think is the other element here that Bolter's role will identify great ball strikers. Um, just looking at the course, it, it's it's all about tee to green and like three-putt avoidance and that sort of thing. Big greens, um, but you've got to put it in the right spot on the greens and avoid three-putts. And I think Minji has all of those elements, particularly her iron play. She'll put it in really good spots to make birdies. She's like a machine, isn't she? Uh, again, I don't want to return too much to last week, but Rory hit, led greens in regulation, I think, comfortably led greens in regulation. Wrong spots. But he was putting it in the wrong spots. Yeah. And I was reminded of, um, uh, I think it was uh, the thing about golf with Jim Furyk, where he said he kept leading the greens in regulation all the time, but he was, wasn't putting it close enough for birdies. I was, it's always bothered me, like, how does, the, especially the short hitters, you know, Brian Harmons and Jim Furyk's and stuff, always seem to come out tops on greens in regulation. You think to yourself, isn't that the whole point, coming out on top mm-hmm. in greens in regulation? Yeah. But it's not when you can't put it close enough to make birdies, you're not going to win, and and that kind of what that's kind of what happened to Rory, where he, you know, with all those two putts in round four, it was it was all from distance, 30, 30 40 feet. Yeah. That's, I think that's been one of the biggest shifts in Hannah Green's game, where she gained a lot more power, where she always hit a lot of fairways and a lot of greens, but wasn't further enough down to attack the right parts yeah. of the green, so just found the green, and then gained that distance, and then be killed could become a more aggressive player who might miss more greens, but will hit them closer. Mm. And then you sh- she's got a great short game. So yeah, she's very more. aggressive. And she should do pretty well as well. Say, absolutely. Minji is super aggressive with her irons. Oh, yeah. Because she can be. She, she can, can be. be. She's that, so confident. That like, US Women's Open last year oh. was just a stripe show of iron yeah. play. Yeah. And it was crazy how close she hit. And you watched it being like, this is a pretty easy golf course for US Women's Open. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was just easy for her, which is like, that's Always so impressive to see that. On world rankings, I think Jin Young Ko at the end of this week, if she's still the top, she will become the longest serving world number one, I think, in cumulative time in women's golf. So oh, right. yeah, good on right. hmm. And deservedly so. Cannot argue with any of what you say about Minji Lee, but it would be boring if we all picked her. So I'm going to go with Attire Titikin because she's got a score to settle after the Chevron earlier this year. Yeah. She threw that tournament away and she knows it. She's good enough to win multiple majors, which doesn't mean that she will. But that's pretty raw. This is an important week for her. First major since that happened. Yeah. First opportunity to kind of put it in. She's got all the tools to win here. She strikes. Score to settle is always a strong motivator. Kind of, yeah. It's like yeah. She, she, I remember Jeff Ogilvy put it once as there's could-haves and should-haves in tournament golf. There's tournaments you could have won. There's tournaments you should have won. 
that one will be very close to the it's shore. on the edge. For her, that's exactly right. That was really was hers to for the taking. So uh, I'll go with the Tyler Titican. That's one of the good things about this scheduling this year for the women as well. You've had the first major, and then you get quite a gap mm-hmm. until we get this one. Then we get a couple in quick succession, and then you get another little gap, and then a back end. Whereas the men, with since the PGA's moved, it's so quickly week. relentless with majors. that the you Designated kind of, events in between. Like, you, you sit there and go, oh, well, the Brooks Kepka just won. Like, and so you're showing up to the next one. You, he's only just gotten over the fact that he didn't blink for three days in Florida yeah, celebrating his win. Isn't it? And so whereas Lilia Vu's had an extended period to get used to being a major winner, and Attire's had time to stew on that and really come out with a bit of... And look at what happened. What happened only she happened, knows yeah. what happened. She hit it in the water on 18, for those who don't remember, with a wedge in her hand, which is unforgivable at this level and unthinkable for a player of her ability. So something's happened there that she will have had time to address. And so this becomes a really important next test hmm. for her mentally. So I'd be staggered if she doesn't contend, and I wouldn't be at all surprised if she wins. Hmm. No, me neither. A couple of other, I think Georgia Hall is ready for something on the major stage again. She's had great form this year, but um, I also liked um, in our podcast earlier this week, Celine Boutier, who I think is in a similar sort of Georgia Hall mode where mm. she's been playing pretty well week to week, and but really needs to show it again in a major. Yeah. And uh, she's capable. I think she this course like sets up well for her. Yeah, she's the sort of player who you would think won't end her career without a major. Yeah, she, she's you got- don't you don't imagine that she's going to win ten of them, but. She's been a really good top class player. Is a good top player. She she works very hard for it too. She's not. She's got some of those natural mm. gifts of the Minji Lees and the Lexi Thompsons and those players. She really works hard for it and uh, very determined. And I think I, I don't not as on a tip, but as I'm really interested to watch is Grace Kim mm. this week. Mm-hmm. Grace is like I don't think she even would have expected to have won on the LPGA Tour at this point. Um, but that has happened, and it's good, obviously. But she has such a game built for this kind of test, where she just hits driver so straight. Yeah. She hits irons on greens. She is such a tidy short game player, and she has the most refreshing attitude towards it. Of it's golf. Uh, you know, I'm very good at it, and there's a chance she's going to get upset when with herself when she doesn't play well. But then that's it. It's Might gone. be a greater strength. And I think that at major championship yeah, level. I'm really fascinated to watch how that permeates throughout this year and then going forward because I think that's been at times one of Hannah's great strengths is Hannah's got a great wider view of life beyond golf. Um, I think Grace has that probably more through the benefit of youth than any great planning, but she has such a good game for major championship golf and such a good attitude for major championship golf that I think she's really well suited to play places like this pebble really, really well. Um, Comes a point, doesn't there, at the top end of the game where attitude almost trumps aptitude. You can't get there if you're not good enough physically. It then becomes, and it was always Tiger's greatest strength was that the mind. Annika too strikes mm. me. was always the discipline and the mind and the ability to control the emotions under the heat of that that is become that becomes what wins majors. Well, that's the, Golf swings don't really win that's majors. That's the Goggin thing. You know, talent's just the entry fee. Yeah, exactly. And that's never more true than at major yeah. championships because you don't get in those if you can't play. No, that's exactly right. And, of course, for every player, including the very best players, every time there's a chance, you don't know whether it might be your only chance that's right. or your last chance. And yeah. so there is no high – you've spent your whole life trying to gear up for this and then you find yourself there. I think, well, I know I'd fold up like a cheap deck chair, but that's why I would never get there. But <laughs> the, the the fascinating 
mental part of that of having the uh, the confidence in your ability that I'm going to keep contending and you know I'll, I'll get another chance at this, but also the realistic thought of this may be my one chance. It's fascinating how that mental works and guys like Neil Smith and all that who work with these people telling them how to harness that and how to get rid of it. It's fascinating. I love that. Don't be afraid of losing type of thing yeah. as well. Like the Jordan, the, the Wind, Wyndham Clark really yeah. had that last Absolutely. week. Absolutely. That massive winning energy that, he had. That, like, that, you could that, tell he wasn't afraid of losing. That second shot on Saturday with the yeah, Hall of Fame club twirl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, on the 18th. That yeah. was like, that was such a, okay, here, this guy's ready to play. Yeah. yeah, This guy's stepping up knowing he needs to make birdie to get into the last group because if he's not in that last group, it's Rory and it's Ricky. That's a very pally yeah. thing. That's Rory's best chance to win. It's probably Ricky's best chance to mm. win a major pretty stress-free. He goes and hits the stick and, like, is give me the ball Jordan type stuff, yeah. um, which is a fascinating mindset for people. And, you know, because Grace is the starting point, Grace is the most lovely person mm. But she's got a bit of mm. a bit of, bit of mongrel in her yeah. to you know, I, I remember talking about golf pros that I played a lot of golf with and guys saying, Oh, they're gonna struggle because he wouldn't step on, you know, his mate's neck to beat him. Yeah. That's a hard thing to have in you if you you're naturally not like that. Hannah Green has that oh, great, much sort absolutely. Of, great sort of winning she's energy. She's two different people. Hannah Green. She's yeah. off the course and she's on the course. Yeah. And they're yeah. two completely different people. Yeah. You There's a real white line fever yeah, there. Very <laughs> and yeah. it's and I always find it impressive in golfing. You see it in footballers and stuff, but the sustained energy to do it at a golf tournament over four hours while you're walking around and interacting with people is a crazy thing. I mean, Tiger obviously is the greatest at it at all time of stepping over the line and it's game time. Nicholas too, just concentration. Correct. The ability to concentrate at the, the yeah. right time. What Nicholas say? You, you just kind of play and let them all come back to you. You don't need to go and win much yeah, just because right. most players will lose them for you. Yeah. That's kind of how it works. And that's exactly what Wyndham Clark didn't do yeah. last week. And in some ways, it's kind of what Rory did. Yeah. He sort of didn't do what he did. All of that, we didn't mention Lydia Cohn. Yeah, well, Might I mean, be a, yeah. the generation having a great of, year again. As yeah. Well, she play. she gave a press conference today and said she's been pretty frustrated about how she played. Oh, you can tell. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> her results have not been that bad. No, and she's it, having the Jordan Spieth slump where he made ten million dollars in two years when he couldn't play. It's quite fascinating to hear her talk about it and say, "Oh, my family and stuff. We're trying to focus on what's ahead and all this sort of stuff." She missed the cut last week at the my LPJ Classic, but. Surely in the world of Lydia, it's not the greatest concern. You want to make the cut, of course, and you want to win. But coming into a major, you would have thought, but she seemed to be balancing this idea of I haven't been playing that well when it's like, oh, your form has not been that bad. In fairness, though, she doesn't have the majors record that you would assume. She won two? Two majors? Yeah. Lydia? I think that's right. Two. You assume that she would have won four, five, six. So, again, career arc-wise, she's still got a lot to play for. Oh, absolutely. Especially when it's she's going to retire motivator. at 30. Yeah. yeah. She's already said right. that a couple of years ago. At yeah, 30, she's going to be too old to play golf. She's going to retire and go and get a psychology degree. Yeah. We haven't mentioned Brooke Henderson. No. Jennifer Cupcho. Chops. Hyoju Kim. Chops. Chops, all of them. No, Ash Buhai. Well, exactly. Right. Who's a player who really – she was a prodigy. At 14, yeah. she won the South African Women's Open. I recall mm. she was just an extraordinary talent. Just fell off the radar for 10 years. Won the Women's Open, of course, last year in the Australian Open. And this year has been – it's like she's found herself. Yeah. Yeah. This last 18 months or so. Just coming off a win again as well. And then, you know, some really great emerging players, like your favourite, Ayaka Furay. Ayaka Furay, exactly. Leona Maguire. Oh, Leona Maguire. Yeah. 
Wow. Like this is the thing about women's golf. You could throw <laughs> literally 10 or 15 names in there and make a case for all of them. Yeah. And six of them would be Australian. So it's uh, it's it's going to be fascinating to watch. I'm really looking forward to this tournament more than I thought I would, but I'm really keen to see the new Baltus role after Gil Hans has done it because the last time I saw it was at the 2016 Men's PGA. Which was a dud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they had weather issues too, if I recall, did they yeah. not? Yeah, terrible really weather. rushed to get it through. Everything about that Everything event was, just... was, it was not good. Yeah. I've been reminded of it all week while trying to get images of the course for this oh, stories this week. It doesn't look like that anymore. <laughs> and, but I, get, I keep, you know, go to the second page of getting images and I'm just affronted with <laughs> Jimmy Walker trophy pictures. No issue with Jimmy Walker. Nice guy. Jason Day almost Jason made Day it. really went. Incredibly spectacular for Yeah, that's right. right. It was, that was, that's probably why I reckon it's a bit of a dud as well, that like it had this hint of. If you it got had, teased with this idea that it could be great. If it had gone and, to a playoff, it, was taken away. it wouldn't have matter who won. If it had got to a playoff, it would have been one of the great majors. Yeah. Was no, DJ world number one at the time and missed the cut? Yeah. I think he missed the cut. He kept dumping it in the water on 18 or something. He would have been the US Open champ at the time, wouldn't he? Would have been. From, uh, yeah. Was- Enough out of us. That's it. We'll be back again next week here on the Good Good Golf Podcast. What episode number is it? 148. It's 148. Bingo. Well done. Episode 148. Thank done you. and dusted. We'll be back right. again. Now it's week. done and dusted. Now it's done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good golf podcast. <laughs>